this is Randy Schultz, and uh, welcome to another episode of A Bird Hunter's Thoughts, Turn Them Loose, a podcast about bird dogs and bird hunting. I'd like to remind you that you can go to abirdhunterthoughts.com. It's my landing page. Uh, on the right-hand side, you'll see a list of sponsors, and I encourage you to go ahead and click on those and, and take a look at them, and uh, you'll find some pretty useful stuff over there. Also, don't forget that you can click on the link to my book, Endless October. You can buy it off of Amazon, or you can send me an email at endlessoctoberbook at gmail.com, and I'll arrange to get you an autographed copy. So let's go ahead and get started. When you decide to leave the house with the bird dogs in the back of the truck and head out to another state to hunt, how do you go about it? Uh, I've developed a method that seems to work for me, and over the years I've refined it and come up with some some little tricks that I use that uh, some people may not have thought about, and so that's what we're going to talk about this episode. How do you go about finding a place to hunt across the country or just in a different spot where you haven't been before. So the the key idea here is to, first of all, gather as much general information as you can about the area. For example, one year I was sitting at my desk and uh, this was the end of, actually beginning of January, and you know, most of the country had been shut down for bird hunting. Now there are areas, of course, that are still open and that was where I didn't know. So I said, well, where isn't, uh, where isn't the snow? In other words, <laughs> what isn't under snow, I guess would be the better way to say it. And I, I said, well, you know, I'll bet you Arizona is, uh, and New Mexico are in pretty good, uh, pretty good position. So I just got on the internet and looked them up and found out that, in fact, uh, New Mexico season went through the middle of February. Um, I had to like that. So uh, that got me started. And I said, I don't know anything about New Mexico. And so we kind of use that as a benchmark destination for an example as we talk about this today. Anyway, stay tuned and uh, we'll go into some uh, more details about how to uh, find a place to hunt where you've never been before and uh, I'll give you some examples as we do it. Thanks. Folks, when you're out hunting, you've got to protect your ears and that's why I wear my ESP America ear attenuators. Um, They're custom molded fit your ears they are just uh, they work perfectly they don't fall out and they protect your ears from everything over 90 decibels which if you exceed 90 decibels you're going to damage that auditory nerve and uh, it's cumulative it never gets better so go ahead and do yourself a favor and go to espamerica.com and get yourself some ear attenuators that really work. So the very first thing I do is I go to the internet and I go to the uh, DNR website for the various state. I learned something though. First of all, they're not all called DNR, Department of Natural Resources, Fish, Wildlife and Parks, and uh, et cetera, et cetera. Everybody's called something different. But if you just go into the uh, search and you type in MT space DNR, 
you're going to get the local hunting fishing website from the Montana state government. So that works for every single state in the country, even though they're not called uh, DNR in that particular state. Sometimes you might, gotta, might get a do not resuscitate website, but <laughs> you can skip that one. But uh, anyway, so I'll go to the website and uh, then I will, a lot of websites now are very, very hunter friendly and they will post uh, articles about where to hunt. Uh, they will post articles about the different species and how to hunt the different species. In my case, uh, let's use New Mexico for an example. I uh, found, uh, I'd, I'd known about blue quail for years. I'd run into them occasionally, let me put it that way, in different places I hunted. But what I found out was that's a real hotbed for uh, blue quail or scaled quail or cotton <clears throat> cotton tops or beep, 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 as some guys call them. Um, so I learned a lot more about blue quail from that website. And uh, like I said, that is the absolute first place to stop and take a look. And you can, you can spend a lot of time there and get an idea about if that's really what you want to do. Secondly, then I call them up and I will ask to speak to the resident, uh, in this case, resident uh, quail biologist. And uh, a lot of times, if it's not in the heart of bird season, a lot of times that guy or woman is available and you can you can talk to them. Um, they, it also helps uh, when you introduce yourself. Uh, and I always introduce myself as uh, Randy Schultz from Georgia. And so they, in a nutshell, they know who I am and where I'm from. So it's no, not a guessing game for them. If you just start talking about, hey, I'm coming up to hunt, well, they're kind of thinking, who are you? I mean, they, you know, that's just human nature. <clears throat> so I just introduce myself and then uh, ask them what I want. And I usually tell them I've never been there before. And um, then I ask them, uh, are you a bird hunter? And a lot of times they are. Sometimes they're not. But a lot of times they are. And that's good and bad uh, in a way because it's good in that they know what you're looking for. And it's bad because they know what you're looking for. So uh, I do really want them to be a bird hunter and a quail biologist at the same time because they can get you in the area. They're not going to give you, you know, special honey holes or anything like that. But in my case, um, you know, they told me like in New Mexico, on the eastern side of New Mexico uh, was the best place, uh, best opportunity for uh, blue quail that year. Now, New Mexico also has gambles quail, which I found out. And uh, I actually hunted blues and gambles in the same spot over in the western part of New Mexico that year, over near a town called Truth or Consequences. But that, that, was, a, that was a good year and uh, had some fun there too. But in this particular case, they said stay on the east side of New Mexico and uh, you should be able to get into a lot of blue quail. So that being said, uh, you know, I'll ask them everything I can. And, uh, you know, without being rude, I'll, I'll ask them. I said, well, now, if you were kind of heading out, where would you go? Well, you know, a lot of times you'll get a chuckle at that. And at that point, you know that you, you, are, you are not going to get any specific information. But I but I have had guys tell me, say, listen, go to this town, hunt around this town, and, and, uh, and you'll do good. And that's a great way to get started. At least, you know, when you drive... 1100 miles to get to where you're going to be hunting that um, you'll know what town to get a motel in 
And that's, uh, that's, that's, a, that's a good bit of information right there. So at least you know there's some birds around there, and, uh, and that's a good place to start. And so um, I would also do Google searches on, for example, hunting in New Mexico. A lot of times uh, you're going to have to do some sorting on that because a lot of times it'll be uh, outfitters and guides and so on that uh, have websites, which is you know, nothing wrong with that. But if you're going to be a self-hunter on public land like I am, then, um, you know, it's not really something you're interested in and don't don't waste your time. So whenever you uh, do a Google search and they uh, say uh, bird, bird hunting in New Mexico or blue quail hunting in New Mexico, um, you may actually get my uh, blog, birdhunterthoughts.com, because I use that in my New Mexico articles as a as a tag. But but when you get the results, look at the actual website, and maybe it'll be a .gov or a government website or something like that, or something you want. But uh, check that out before you click on it. Waste time. If you do want a guide, and I actually, in this particular case, in New Mexico, I actually um, wanted a one-day guide because I had never hunted in that particular part of the country. Um, I knew it was high desert, and I knew it was, uh, that's all I knew. <laughs> that's all I knew. So <clears throat> I wanted to go about and get a guide for the day. So I googled uh, hunting guides in New Mexico. No, that didn't work out. <laughs> That's not what I wanted. And you'll see when you do it. Uh, so really what I wanted was one guy to take me out and hunt with me and show me and tell me in the space of a day everything he knew about hunting in that area. Um, and, you know, you, you can find that. And the way I ended up doing it was I called the Chamber of Commerce. Yep, the Chamber of Commerce. And... Uh, in the town where I was going, and I said, uh, the lady that answered, I said, my name is Randy Schultz from Georgia, and I am going to be out there quail hunting, and I want to know if you know the names of any hunting guides in your area, if you could send them to me or give them to me or whatever. And uh, she was all over it. She gave me a name and a number of, uh, she only gave me one, actually, and and I called him up. I ended up using him for that day, and uh, he pretty much got me started. And now we're good friends, and we hunt together all the time. And uh, that was that was the way to go. But the Chamber of Commerce, yeah, who'd have figured? Uh, so that's one place uh, to go. Um, the other place is when you get out there and you get to your motel, um, don't forget to eat downtown in the cafe. Every town's got one. Every single town out west has got a cafe downtown where the uh, farmers and ranchers meet and eat early, 6 to 7 o'clock in the morning, and uh, just, uh, you know, walk in, sit down, strike up a conversation. You know, what you doing out here? Well, I'm out here to hunt quail. Uh, how you doing? Well, just getting started. Don't have any idea where to go yet, but uh, I'm working on it. And, uh, you know, just be friendly. A lot of times you'll get invites and uh, or information anyway. One guy will tell you, well, you need to go west of town out here and hunt that area. And uh, I found it to be surprisingly accurate and uh, very friendly. The key is to be open, friendly, and, uh, you know, tell them, tell them who you are, where you're from. 
and, uh, you know, laugh a couple times and ask them what they do and be interesting and be interested to the, in them as well. It's all about being a good person. So, um, another thing you can do is go into the local, when you get to the place you want to hunt is go into the local DNR, uh, station, just walk in and say, I'm Randy Schultz. I'm George. I'm here to hunt blue quail. And, uh, you know, just raise your arm and point me in the direction and uh and they'd be happy to their their job is not only to enforce game laws but a lot of their job is to encourage uh, uh ethical hunting in the area so you know they'd be happy to help you out a lot of times and so all this stuff is just stuff i've learned over the years and here's something that i did one time that i thought worked really well and uh most people don't think of it uh, i was trying to go to way way up in north dakota i'm talking right on the border of canada and i wanted to hunt pheasant uh hadn't been up there before uh, this was a long time ago and uh they did not i called the chamber of commerce and uh, actually i went online and uh, of course they didn't have a chamber of commerce i say of course but they didn't have a chamber of commerce um so i said well shucks who in town knows everybody and everybody knows them and generally, they've got a good working relationship with all the ranchers and farmers and a well-known, well-respected person I can call. Well, that would be the county sheriff. And uh, so what I did was I Googled the county sheriff in such such a county. I can't remember the name of the county now. And uh, called him up, uh, got hold of his secretary. Hi, I'm Randy Schultz from Georgia, and I want to come up, blah, blah, blah. And she said, well, the sheriff's not in right now. He's at home eating lunch, but uh, here's his number. And so um, I called him, and, and he answered, and I said, you know, who I was and what I was doing. And and um, then uh, he started laughing, and I said, <laughs> I said, uh-oh, did I say something funny? And he said, he said, yeah, he said, uh, oh, I said something about getting a motel and going out and hunting. He started laughing. He said, buddy, they're in a motel within 60 miles of here. <laughs> he said, oh, boy. He said, yeah, we're a pretty small area. I said, I said, well, I'm bringing my son, and we wanted to hunt some of those famous North Dakota roosters. And, you know, if you could, what's the nearest town that's got a motel? I'll just stay there. And he said, nah, he said, just stay with us. I'm not kidding you. He invited me to stay with him. And uh, he said, uh, I said, well, are there good places to hunt up there? And he said, <laughs> he laughed again, and he said, you'll have more land to hunt than, than you can even drive and see in a day. So I said, I said, well, that sounds like a pretty good deal. So anyway, uh, if you can get hold of the county sheriff without being obnoxious or getting in his way or, you know, being a problem, then uh, they are a wealth of information. Like I said, they know everybody and everything. And uh, by and large, are great, great, great people. So that's a couple of different ways that you can uh, find places and get established in a hunting area. And we'll be back with more in just a little bit. When you're in the field hunting, your bird dog does it all. And you really need to get them the best fuel in their body so that they can compete or hunt day after day, eight hours a day, and still be ready to go the next day. That's not an easy thing to do, and I've tried them all. I finally settled on 
feed from Dr. Tim's, and that's uh, drtims.com, D-R-T-I-M-S.com. They have got uh, what I find find to be the best uh, formula and uh, no recalls. And, in fact, uh, Dog Food Advisor ranked them as the number one feed. I feed the Pursuit brand of Dr. Tim's, and I have had uh, excellent luck with that. The dogs tear it up, wet or dry, and even after uh, being in the field and hunting for uh, 10 to 14 days. So I recommend Dr. Tim's, D-R-T-I-M-S dot com. Give them a look and give them a try. After you pretty well decided on what part of the state or what area of the state you want to go into, uh, there's a couple of things you need to do, and that is you need to get some maps. Um, back in ancient times, um, you know, back in the day, uh, we used to use paper maps, and out west, uh, we use BLM maps. Um, I've got a, I've got a stack of them, stacks from all over the country, and uh, I found one or two with a lot of curious markings on there, covey here, covey here, that kind of stuff. But um, so. Not so much anymore do people use paper maps, although I highly encourage you to stop by or go to the BLM online store and and buy the uh, local maps uh, and, you know, just have them with you anyway because uh, a lot of electronic maps die or fail or uh, so on and so on. So, But anymore, uh, I'll have the paper maps with me, but what I will use is an electronic version of the maps, uh, most popular kind. I think the, sort of the big dog in the, in the arena is that Onyx uh, maps, and they've got uh, you know little chips you can put into your Alpha or your uh, Astro or whatever um, dog collar unit you're using. I use an Alpha. But uh, and I use those. I will buy those. Uh, typically, out west, uh, like for example in New Mexico, uh, I'll buy one, and then I won't worry about updating it because how often does BLM land change, really? Uh, and school land or state land, as they call it, how often does that change? You know, it doesn't change that often, so I don't worry too much about it. Although there is that possibility, and if you want to update those chips, you can. Um, so I will put those in my alpha. And I'll have them on the big screen there. So when I'm walking a strip of BLM land and I get to the edge, you know, I confirm that, yes, in fact, that fence is the boundary of the BLM. And I'll stay on on my side of the fence. So maps are real important. But one other way that's come up recently is there the uh, app, the uh, app for your phone. Uh, I have an iPhone and uh, the uh, Onyx uh, Maps has an app that you can use, and also uh, another competitor to them is GAIA GPS, GAIA GPS, and uh, they're very similar, all the same kind of stuff. Uh, so I ended up going with the GAIA GPS uh, cell phone app uh, because I really like. Uh, the ease of use, and uh, I like the setup. In fact, so much that I went and here's some shameless self-promotion, I guess. I went and uh, called them up and said, listen, I want to be a distributor. And they, not really a distributor. I wanted them to sponsor me. But uh, on my uh, blog, com, on the right-hand side, 
down towards the bottom, you can click on there and you can actually download the app for 20% off uh, through my blog. But anyway, I use them. Onyx is good as well. And uh, that way you have on your phone all kinds of maps and overlays. And uh, for example, uh, by overlays, I mean you'll have the areas of all the private land, all the public land, all the, um, for example, I just got done hunting in South Dakota. All the hunter walking areas are in there. All the national forest lands are in there. Uh, in Montana, all the block management units are in there and all these are updated every single year for the entire country. So it, it's a pretty convenient way to go. And, um, I I really do like mine. Uh, I, I use it on my iPhone and also on my iPad to get a little bigger screen. But uh, when I'm hunting, I carry my phone with me for the camera, and I just whip that thing out and look at it for where I am. So I, I really enjoy it. Now, you're going to say, and uh, being the smart bird hunter you are, well, Randy, I hunt in a lot of areas where we get no cell signal. And I agree with you. I agree with you. But these apps now... You can, uh, if you know you're going to hunt uh, 20 miles west of town and you're going to be out there all day, then you can go ahead and save that map, uh, download that map onto your phone, and uh, then you can go ahead and go into airplane mode if you want to. That map's already on your phone, and you can walk around and look at that map just like you were doing it uh, hooked up to the cell system, hooked up to the Internet. So it's an easy way around that that. Uh, issue of having no cell service you have to do that you have to download the map of course while you have cell service while you're connected to the internet but after that you can just go into airplane mode like i do to save my battery and um, and then you'll have the map right there on your phone so that is a really good way to go as well so paper maps electronic maps uh, and now what we're finding out is it just about and well, not every state but the states that i hunt they're all putting out their own little hunting app that you can download for free. And it'll have, uh, you know, it's not as user-friendly as Onyx or GAI GPS, but they have all the information you need. It's got all the hunting areas in it. It'll hold your license electronically. So if you get checked, you can just pull that up and hit it. And uh, you better hope you have a good cell signal, or not cell signal, but good uh good battery so carry your paper license with you too just in case but uh these states have their own apps and uh, i found them to be useful so i download those those as well and uh you never can get too much information when it comes to mapping um uh, in my opinion because uh and carrying something with you physically is important because as soon as you depend on something uh, really, really depend on it, and it's electronic, it's going to fail. Just count on it. So the other thing you'll need to find out is uh, not only the area, but the time of year that's best to go. Uh, and by, for example, uh, I'll give you an example of Montana. I always go on, I always I have been for the last five years going out to Montana on opening day, which is one September. Um, it's hotter than four hills out in Montana in one September. And every year I get out there and I go, darn it. 
You know, I just couldn't restrain myself. I had to be out here to hunt because I went all summer long not bird hunting, and I just couldn't restrain myself. But actually, the better time to go is the end of September or maybe even into October for sharp tails and huns. So uh, time of year is a is a good consideration, and I'm using me as a as an idiot point there. Uh, the actual dates of the season are important. Uh, let me give you an example of that. I was actually hunting in Montana, and I wanted to go to Idaho uh, to hunt some valley quail. And I called my buddy over there, and I said, hey, uh, I'm on my way over. I'm going to hunt some valley quail. Let's go on out. And he said, that's great. Good idea. He said, uh, but it doesn't open until next week. I went, oh, shoot. You know, so another idiot point for me. Uh you know, check the season dates before you get all excited. And uh, in this in this particular case, it didn't bother me too much. So check the bag limits. Bag limits are not the same from state to state. Four roosters in some states or three roosters in other states. Uh, possession limits are a real issue. In some states, it's five times the daily limit. In some states, it's four times the daily limit. In some states, it's three times the daily limit. So... Uh, talking to the uh the game warden about how uh why do you have uh, 13 uh, sharp-tailed grouse here in your little cooler uh when the uh you know daily limit or possession limit is 12 well telling them well heck it's it's, it's more liberal over there in this other state they say well that's not gonna not gonna hold any water so bag limits are a real important thing to check before you go so, uh, that being said, uh, we'll be back with some more information here in just a little bit. And when we get to where going, then uh, a pl- uh, finding a place to stay, if you're taking a camper or something like that, which I've started to do just in recent years, uh, usually you can, you can get uh, you know a nice place. And uh, just as a note, what I found is that most places out west that uh, are not really, really small. Usually they have some sort of rodeo arena, and uh, most rodeo arenas have hookups. Um, And once again, you can call the chamber or uh, somebody in town there that knows something, that knows somebody, and uh, you may have to pay like 10 or 15 bucks a night for uh, hookups, but that's just an idea. And also there's several apps that have uh, all the... the, uh, sites in the whole country all stays is the one that i use all stays uh it's an app for the phone it's got everything including military and uh corps of engineers and you know public private blah 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 so that's one place to stay the other place if you don't have a if you're looking for a motel i highly encourage you to stay in a local mom and pop motel uh you know the kind from built in the 40s and 50s that have uh like a central court and all the doors face the central court where the cars are uh, typically they'll have a grill and, uh, you can grill your birds after you're done and want to, you know, have some to eat. Uh, I always ask them about that, but, uh, usually they're, uh, clean and they've got a nice soft bed and a hot shower. That's all that I require. I don't spend much time watching television because I usually pass out by the time I, you know, get back and, uh, clean birds, feed the dogs, get everything and eat. And by the time I get back to the motel, I can't keep my eyes open. So uh, I try to stay in a little mom-and-pop motel. Uh, The other thing we talked about already was eating at the cafe on Main Street if you want to get some breakfast. Uh, That's a really good way to meet people. Um, There's, It's not, uh, if you're shy about knocking on doors and asking to hunt, that's okay. Everybody is. But... uh, 
<clears throat> excuse me, I recommend that if you can do that, go ahead and do it. Uh, there's a way to do that, though. And what, one way to do it is to not drive up with a truck full of five guys all wearing blaze orange and get out of the truck and wander up to the front door. I would recommend one guy uh, walk up and knock on the door, introduce yourself, and respectfully ask if uh, you could hunt the land around there. You might want to check and make sure that they own it. Uh, there's a story behind that. Um, and uh, I, a lot of times I'll just offer to pay, you know, if they want to pay a trespass fee or something like that. I, You know, if it's a good place and you know you're going to find birds, uh, you might want to pay 50 bucks a day. It's not going to knock, it's not going to, uh, knock you back too hard. Uh, but just be nice. If they say no, then say, well, thank you for your time and, uh, have a nice day and turn around and walk off. Uh, a lot of times they'll say, sure, you can hunt that. I do own it. And they'll give you the boundaries and, uh, but don't hunt the birds around the barn. They're my pet covey. And I'll hear that a lot. So, uh, that's a great way to, to get places to hunt, especially way, way out in the middle of nowhere. <clears throat> so, what you'll find is you're out there, uh, you may be uh, called upon to be a good neighbor and help somebody change a tire, stop and assist somebody. I've had people run off into ditches and snowstorms, and I've stopped and helped them out and and uh, been invited to come out and hunt their place. I mean, you know, I would have done it anyway. It doesn't make any difference. But, you know, just be a good neighbor, and you'll find out uh, that uh, people appreciate that. I've been on roundups. Uh, like I said, put out fires, uh, changed tires, helped them out of a ditch. Uh, the roundup was pretty cool. I thought that was great. Fence was down and cows were out. And basically all we did was uh, rattle a feed bucket. And those suckers came through that fence back in <laughs> so fast it'd make your head spin. But it was pretty cool. I enjoyed it. Uh, it was fun. Um, so all these ideas will get you... Uh, more into the local area and the meeting people and that's basically what it's all about when you when you get your boots on the ground over there and uh, so you may spend a day or a half a day doing something that uh, it's not directly bird hunting but what you're doing is you're sowing seeds and uh, those seeds will uh, bear fruit the next time you go out there so I hope this help is helpful for you, and I use it all the time. These are just some of the tricks of the trade that I use to when I go to an area that I've never been before. Um, I will be going up to Maine next year to hunt in October, and I intend to use these some of these same uh, uh, little uh, methods that I've developed to uh, find out good places to hunt in Maine. So. Um, the, uh, you know, I, I still use them and I go to places that I've never been before, but I'm looking forward to seeing Maine in October, uh, taking my camper. And so that'll be one way to go. I noticed that, uh, I mentioned pay a trespass fee. I do have one funny story for you. I was out in Oklahoma hunting in, uh, the, uh, pretty near the panhandle of Texas and, uh, in sort of the panhandle of Oklahoma there. And, um, we, we were driving down a road and I was looking at, I was looking outside there and I was going, my gosh, the habitat is incredible. I've never seen habitat like this. I mean, most that, that year they were having a drought or something and, and we were finding birds, but you know, on the WMAs out there, which are huge, we were finding birds, but you know, it was, it was a lot of work. So 
we're driving down the road and I saw this place and I said, oh my gosh. And so there was a road heading back in there and I, I told my buddy, I said, take this road, let's go back and knock on the door. So we did and I pulled up there and I got out and uh, knocked on the door a guy came out, he was a real nice guy, and I said, hey, my name's Randy Scholes from Georgia, I'm here out here bird hunting, he said, I said, do you mind if we, uh, I guess this land around here is yours, and he said, yeah, it is, we got about 12,000 acres here, and and I said, uh, so, do you mind if, uh, can I bird hunt your, your property, and I said, be, I'd be happy to pay a trespass fee, and he said, they said, sure, I said, sure, that'd be great, I said, so, he said, but I'm gonna have to ask you to you know, pay a little fee or something if you, if you don't mind. And I said, oh, I don't mind at all. Now, keep in mind, this was 20 years ago. So uh, I said, you know, we're talking and kind of hitting it off. And I'm going, man, this is great. I want to get going here. And I said, so, okay, so that'd be great. So how much do you think is appropriate? I'd be happy to. He said, well, we typically charge $1,500 a day. <laughs> My jaw hit the ground. He laughed. <clears throat> and I started laughing. And I said, "Can I get about fifty dollars of that action?" <laughs> he said, "He said, he said, he said, listen, we're we're a corporate destination." He said, "If you look over that hill, you're going to see a runway." <laughs> he said, "But tell you what, since you guys are here, he said, come on, let's go talk to my quail biologist." I said, "Whoa!" Right then, I knew I was in trouble. Uh, it was it was funny. We were laughing, and uh, met a nice guy, but his job was to manage that area for uh, quail. And these are these are big wigs from back east. They fly out in their jets and they land and they hunt birds and then they head on home. And, and it was up there in the Panhandle, Oklahoma. Thought it was pretty interesting. The other thing, the other little story I want to tell you about asking to hunt is um, if you've got your wife with you, take her to the door with you. And introduce yourself and your wife and say, we're out here to hunt whatever it is, uh, you know, Bob White's. And I'd like to introduce you to my wife here. And uh, it's the first time out here hunting. And it'd be great if I could get her on Bob's. And I was wondering if I could hunt your property. And uh, that's a great, great thing. I mean, it's something out of the ordinary. And, and you know, people, it's not a trick or something fake. It's true. And uh, they really want to help out your wife to get a bird. So that works like a champ. Uh, and uh, I've only used it one time. But I, think, I don't think we got turned down once. It was it was great the whole time we're out there. So they probably would have turned me down, but uh, when they saw my wife there, they said, oh, it took pity on me and <laughs> let us hunt their land. So that was a good thing too. All right. Well, I hope this has uh, been informative to you. And, um, oh, I just noticed one other thing. Take some gifts from your home. From here, I usually take pecan gifts and jams and jellies and stuff and give them out and, uh, and let them remember you and, good friend of mine uh, from San Diego, he does that all the time. And he gets invited back to a lot of private land no matter where he hunts. So that's a good thing. So anyway, that's what we've got for this uh, episode. I hope you enjoy it. And don't forget to uh, go ahead and uh, like, subscribe, and share the uh, uh, podcast. And go ahead and go to my blog and you can find all kinds of interesting things. And go ahead and visit the uh, the, uh, my sponsors. They're, uh, they're all good people and I use their products. Thanks a lot. Well, thanks guys for listening to my podcast, A Bird Hunter's Thoughts, Turn Them Loose. I'd like to encourage you to uh, like, subscribe, and share the podcast. Also, go to my um, 
blog, my website, abirdhunterthoughts.com, and on the right-hand side, you'll see all my sponsors, and you can select at will, especially espamerica.com. Also, my book, Endless October, there's a link there, and you can buy it as a Kindle edition, as a paperback, and as an Audible edition. You can get it at Audible or ACX. Listen it, listen to it while you're on your way to bird hunting. It'll get you all psyched up. But thanks a lot, and uh, until next time.